Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. Thanks for being here today. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. We are in the middle of this three-week kind of talk, series, conversation, whatever you want to label it, called Exodus. And in this conversation, we are taking a look at the life of a guy named Moses. And so last week, what we did was we kind of looked at his first steps in life. Moses, who lived thousands of years ago, right, in the Old Testament of the ancient scriptures. We took a look at Moses' life. And we looked at how Moses' life started. And then he was adopted and then taken in by the royal family and then actually killed an Egyptian guard and then fled and kind of started a new family and had a new beginning. And then there was this moment in Moses's life where there was this burning bush where God spoke to him. And what we said last week was, is that every one of us in our lives have this burning bush moment at some level. We kind of talk about it like, hey, what are we being led to do? What are we being called to do? What are we being like led to make a difference in this world? What's our burning bush? And so I just want to kind of give you a disclaimer that that was last week. And so if you missed last week, you're going to want to catch up online at our website, SoFloChurch.com. If the audio is available, those things kind of build on each other. Because this series is a little bit of a departure for us. Right? It's a little bit of a departure to go into so much history. It's a little bit of a departure for us to actually not talk about as much practical, even though we think there's a ton of practical in this message. And so it's important for you to understand the context for who we are as a local church and how to kind of understand where this message fits. But last week it ended with God saying to Moses, Moses, you are the chosen one. And what you are going to do is you are going to rescue my people from slavery in Egypt. So God had chosen Moses to rescue his people from slavery in Egypt. We talked about that these Israelite people had become enslaved, that the Egyptian government had made them slaves over the course of time because they did not want the Israelites taking over their country. So they put them in this barbaric form of slavery. And that's what happened last week. But the first step, kind of the next first step, is that Moses and his brother Aaron, who God sent with him to go get this done, to go say to Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. Moses had to go, and what they had to do first was they had to gather the elders of Israel. And so Moses, though, because you even saw his interaction and his dialogue last week with God, Moses wasn't confident. Moses didn't know how to do this. Moses did not want to do this. And so Moses was actually even fearful to talk to the elders of Israel. Much like when we figure out how to address the burning bush in our own life, we might have fear. We might not want to do it. It might be difficult. Those burning bushes that we need to deal with in our lives aren't the most easy thing that we get up out of bed and do. But here's one of the things that I think Moses had trouble remembering and we probably have trouble remembering it a little bit too, is that whenever we go out on this journey, we need to remember something. We need to remember that God is with you. If he calls you to do something and he leads you on a path and on a direction, that he is with you. And in this process, don't forget that not only is he with you, but God is working through you. And so oftentimes, we're scared to do it because we don't have the kind of faith that we should to go, I can't do that. This can't be me. Why should I get this done? I don't know what things are in your life that you need to deal with. I don't know what your burning bush is. But what I love about today is today is almost an execution of how we deal with that burning bush idea. Today's message is actually an execution of how to get that done. And one of the first steps is by understanding and not letting fear overtake our lives. So we want to be very careful about this. So we say it like this. Don't let fear of fail failure keep you from incredible things. 
Because so often when we address these things in our lives that are deep and personal and emotional and they're important, right? We're, we're fearful. We're going, we can't do this. How could we do this? Not me. Pick somebody else. I, know, I, I, I don't want to deal with this right now. And then we're scared. Don't let the fear of failure, failure keep you from incredible things. So the text kind of kicks back off in Exodus chapter 4. It says this. It says, Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses, and Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. And then the elders of Israel, who they almost had to kind of go before, were convinced that God's presence was here. And that Moses and Aaron were going to be the people who went to Pharaoh to finally rescue them from slavery in Egypt. So in Exodus 5.1, it says, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So they're going to Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. And he goes, Hey, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Now, if you're Pharaoh here, right, and you're a very powerful ruler, and really, if you are being honest about this, your most prized possession, the slaves, the people who are doing your work, the people who are doing the things that you need them to do so that your country can survive, the way that you've set up your system, and now two nut jobs walk in and say, hey, God came to us and told us to tell you to let his people know or let his people go. How would you feel? I go, hit the bricks, boys. This is what are you talking about? Come on, please. And so sure enough, Pharaoh said no. Pharaoh said no. He goes, no, this is not going to happen. I, and I, I think in my mind, he would even be thinking this. You're talking about this God of Israel. I don't even know who this God of Israel is. I don't know who this God of Israel is. What are you talking about? You nuts, go away. Get out of here. Get out of my office, right? Hit the bricks. And so, subsequently, Pharaoh said no to Moses and Aaron. And see, I don't, if I was Moses, I'd be going, what? What in the world? God, you, you appeared to me in this form of this burning bush. You told me that I was going to be the guy to go address this. And I go on faith. I do it. And now... The guy says no? What, 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 what in the world? And furthermore, it made things worse because the Israelite slaves who were already in oppression and already experiencing injustice, and you know what that looks like. Our country has a horrific history with slavery, right? Pharaoh in this moment made the work for the Israelite slaves even harder. And do you know why I believe that this happened? It's because when we address these burning bushes in our lives, and we know that God has something for us and we need to go and we need to get that done and we need to make sure that we go on this journey to address it. Here's the one thing that I believe about the world because the world's ways are not of God's ways. I believe that when you begin to do the right thing, the world pushes back. I believe the world pushes back even when we're doing the right thing. And then so we go back to Moses who goes back to God. And if I was Moses, as I mentioned, I might be like, what in the world? You sent me here. I don't get this. I don't understand this. And Moses goes back to God and asks him, why? Why would you lead me here? And why would you have me address this very powerful thing? Why would you convict my heart of this? Why would I get excited about it if the answer is just no? And so often, our burning bushes that we have to deal with they're not necessarily as big as what Moses has to do. Maybe it's for you in your life making it right 
with some kind of a person that you work with, a coworker that you know in your heart you need to make something right with, but it's not happening. Maybe it's your marriage that you're in and you know that things aren't the way that they could be. And you know this is a burning bush in your life and God's telling you, you got to get this done, but it's just, you're like, I don't want to do it, right? And if I go, I know the answer is going to be no anyway. But God tells Moses this. He goes, I know that you're kind of confused about why this is happening, but God tells Moses to go back. And if I were Moses now, I'd be going, what in the world? He wants me to go back again? These people are going to kill me. Like, he wants me to go back again? All right. And so in the book of James, it says this, because it talks about our faith and endurance related to our faith. This is so key. It says, this is the New Testament. This is written thousands of years after the life of Moses, just so you know, to give you context. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And so with these things that we address in our lives, with these burning bushes in our lives, we don't necessarily know what each other's all are, but it's so true and so key that we all have them. As I said, some are really small, some are really big. Here's what I want you to do related to that burning bush. I want you to embrace the tension there because things will not always go well. This is why we need to embrace the tension. So we feel like God is leading us somewhere. We know there's something in our heart that we have to go do. Even though we feel like this is something that we need to do, we have to embrace the tension because we think that things should just go well real quick. Yes, everything should be made right. Yes, this should be happening faster than we, want, like faster than we think that it should, right? But I want you to know something, and I believe this with all of my heart, right? When you address the burning bush in your life, you may have to go back again and again. When you try to go make something right, you may have to go back again and again. And you may be disappointed again and again. And sure enough, one you know, step after another doesn't go our way, and we're like, why has this person treated me this way? Why can't this be right the way that I know that it should be right? See, when we address that burning bush, sometimes we have to go back again and again and again until we get it right. Because if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. His way is going to reign and prevail. So when you address it, you might have to go back again and again. But here's the truth. Moses went back again and again. And Pharaoh still didn't listen. Pharaoh said no over and over and over again. Pharaoh said, I'm not letting these people go. I'm going to make it harder for them. I'm not letting them go. Go away. He did not listen to the requests of Moses through God himself. But I'll tell you what I believe about God with all of my heart. I believe that God is a God who does not believe in injustice. And he'll prove it. If you look at the life of Jesus, who lived thousands of years after these events that we're talking about today, if you look at the life of Jesus, you can see 
that Jesus represented the the actual character of God here on earth. That if you want to look at who God really is, you look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus lived and walked on this earth and said, hey, listen, I am the risen Messiah. Should you believe in and say yes to me, then you are made right with the ever-present creator of the universe. And then after you do that, do you know what I want you to do? I want you to go out and I want you to love other people as yourself. Loving other people as yourself doesn't have anything to do with injustice. That's how I know that God is a God who does not believe in injustice, and he will prove it. Push him far enough, he will get it done. And that's what he was feeling when his people, the Israelites, were enslaved in ancient Egypt. And so sure enough, God started to prove it. And there were some really bad things that were about to come Egypt's way because Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. And in Exodus 7, 17, it says, This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The Nile that they depended on for things, the Egyptians did. They depended on things in the Nile for water and food. The fish in the Nile will die, and the river will stink the Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. God said, hey, I'm a guy who doesn't believe in injustice, and I'm going to start to prove it. And over and over and over again, Moses had to go back and warn Pharaoh, bad things are coming. Please just let these people go. Bad things are coming. Please just let these people go. And one by one, plagues struck the land. Now, I got to tell you something. These plagues were nasty and not pleasant. And the last one, is downright horrific. But God is a God that hates injustice, and he'll prove it. So the first plague that they, we, I'm going to put up on the screen was a plague of frogs. He filled the land with frogs. I don't like frogs. I don't know if you're like me. I'm not a frog fan, like, right? Like, you see a couple of them dead along the side of the road every now and then, but, like, I'm not a frog fan, right? Not only were there frogs that infested the land, Moses went back again, and then he said, hey, gnats are coming. He went back again and again, said, flies are coming next, okay? Pharaoh, let these people go. No. Then they talked about livestock and how they were killed in the land. And then people developed boils. That was the next one. Pharaoh, let these people go. It's only going to get worse. And then there was the plague of hail that God sent to this ancient land. And then there were locusts. And then there were darkness. It was the plague of darkness. And then the final plague that God actually told Moses, hey, by the way, this one's going to be bad, but afterward, he's going to let the people go. And it was the plague of the firstborn. It was this idea, and and being honest, because from this stage, I'm going to be as transparent as I can, and you get what you get. This isn't necessarily one that I get or understand. This isn't necessarily one that I even like. But God is a God who hates injustice, and he'll prove it. And so sure enough, It was said that on an evening that the Spirit of God would sweep through and that the firstborn in each Egyptian home would die. And on that night, God told the the Israelites, hey, you're to kill an animal in your home, in your field, and with the blood of that animal, put it above your doorframe. So when my spirit goes through the land, I will pass by your house and you will be safe from this plague. And that's what they did. Some of you from Jewish tradition may know about this event because they still celebrate it every single year. It's called Passover. And that's what this event means. 
And so sure enough, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 30, it says, Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was a loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. Because God is a God who hates injustice and he'll prove it. And this is one that I told you, I don't get and I don't like, but I believe in the history of these events. And so then after this, point, after this happened, the thing that we are talking about this entire series, the exodus actually happened. See, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up, hey, leave my people, you and the Israelites, get out of here. Now you can go. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds, as you have said, and go. And then he goes, and also, also, guys, don't bless me. Because I believe, that, I believe that this God is powerful now. I've seen it. Bless me in, in response. So I did some research. Do you know how long this went on that these Israelites were kept in slavery in Egypt? It was a long time, and God had had enough. It was 430 years. But in these moments, right, we tend to think, okay, they're on their way. They're gone. This is history. And now Pharaoh's going to leave them alone. But oh, that old boy Pharaoh wasn't done because he was a tyrant. He was a ruler. He was a dictator. And how dare you cross him even after everything that God had done. And he let the people go finally, even after that Pharaoh wasn't done. And these next events that I'm going to talk about happen in an area called the Red Sea. Some of you have probably heard of this, but the Egyptian army was chasing again after the Israelites who were finally free. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, 13 through 14, Moses said to the people, hey, don't be afraid because they're shaking in their boots at this point, right? Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. This is how confident Moses is now that God exists and God is real and God will do whatever he can because he hates injustice. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And in that moment, they were in front of the Red Sea and Moses raised his staff And the Red Sea, in a miraculous event, actually parted. It was the parting of the Red Sea. Now, if you're like me, you've probably seen an image of this before. In fact, it's probably on the second floor of every Baptist church in America, right? And so what I think, I kind of put it up on the screen. I want to put it up on the screen. It's kind of cheesy for us, but you've probably seen this, right? You've probably seen this image, okay? It's the only thing I could find on Google that, you know, worked. I was going to, like, you know show the scene from the Charlton Heston movie, but that one's even worse. So I was like, this is nice, okay? But here's the deal. In this event, in this moment, the Israelites had a path to freedom. The Egyptians chased them. And when they were in the middle of this sea, there was a moment where Moses lowered his staff and God collapsed the waters over the Egyptian army. And the words of Moses were true, that they would never see those Egyptians again. Those people who abused them and beat them over and over. And I believe this is why. Because God is a God who cannot stand injustice. I believe God is a God who cannot stand to see his people suffer. I believe that God is a God who cannot stand to see people oppressed. And here's what I want you to know. Because we get to the end of every one of these messages and we go, okay, so what's the practical for us? 
Because last week I talked about this burning bush moment and every one of us have them in, their, in our lives. And this injustice thing kind of goes together with it. So just stay with me as I kind of put a bow on this and tie it all together at the end. If God cannot stand to see his people oppressed and he's a God who not, does not believe in injustice, right? If those are his values, those should be our values. Don't miss this. So key, right? If those are his values, then those should be our values. If you have said yes to Jesus in this room and are following after his teachings in your life, and if you haven't, that's totally cool. We want you here anyway. This is a place where we dialogue about that and have conversation over and over again. But if you, right, if you've said yes to Jesus, then those are the values of God, and those should be our values. Fighting against oppression, fighting against tyranny, fighting against injustice. So here's my question for you. And it's a simple one, but it's a profound one. What injustice are you supposed to fight? What injustice are you supposed to fight? Because here's the deal. So often when we hear this, we think, well, I'm going to take myself out of the game because what that guy at the museum on stage is talking about is going to start my own nonprofit to feed children in Ethiopia, okay? Those are good things. Like, I'm not saying they're not, like, and, but, but those exist and you should support them and those are good, right? Some people think, well, I need to go build wells like in Kenya, okay, fine, but, 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 but it's so much simpler than that. Because we tend to check ourselves out of the game when we hear the word injustice because we think, well, we'll never get to China and help or we'll never get to, you know, Uzbekistan and help. I don't know. But see, what injustices are you supposed to fight? It doesn't have to be that complicated. Maybe you know someone who is an abusive, in an abusive relationship and it's time to speak up. Maybe, maybe you haven't talked to someone in your family in a long time. And you need to make it right, keeping in mind over and over again, Moses had to go back and go back and go back because it doesn't always work the first time or the second time or the 50th time. Maybe a modern day injustice is somebody you know who's struggling with addiction in a real bad way and they need your help to come alongside of them. Maybe that's a modern day injustice that you're supposed to fight goes right along with our burning bush, but it might be just a little bit different. Because injustices are righting a wrong. Injustices are righting a wrong. So you have to ask yourself this question. What's a modern day injustice? What's a modern day injustice that God has laid on your heart that you need to do something about? It could be big, it could be small, knowing that when we go after that, Knowing that when we go after this injustice that we feel like we're supposed to fight, that it's not going to be easy, that it's going to be really difficult, and it might take a long, long time. But what do we need to do? I talked to you last week about my burning bush, about what God was going to do through my heart in my life. And then there was a couple of other people who really got on board with this. And we started Downtown Harbor Church. I know from the core of my being that that was my burning bush. And I have to tell you, in the past 17 months, we have grown and it has been so fun to watch people. People told us, you guys are nuts to start with two services. You'll never make it. We did and we're still here. This is phenomenal, okay? But I remember starting Downtown Harbor Church and when we officially launched that we were starting it, I was like, oh, wow. Not everybody's happy for us. And it was one of those moments where we took some junk from people. And we're like, man, we feel like this should be easier than this. But it wasn't. 
You know why? Because when you go after that burning bush or you go after a modern day injustice, whatever that is for you, it's hard, it's difficult, and people don't want you to succeed. It's just the fact of the matter. But you know, if we look at the life of Moses, he fought his modern day injustice. God confirmed that through that burning bush moment. And here's one of the things that I believe. I believe that God uses individuals in miraculous ways to stop injustice. And the world needs more people like this who would say, I've seen enough. Small way, big way, whatever it is, emotional, not emotional, deep, light on the surface, I don't care. But God uses individuals in miraculous ways to stop injustice. What injustice are you going to fight and what injustice are you going to stop? Because I guarantee you, you have something that you know about in your life. You have something that you've seen that someone like who you know is dealing with, right? And maybe for you it is big. Maybe you're going, I'm going to start an organization and change the world in some way. That's the beauty of God and who he is. And let me tell you something. When you're supposed to do something, and he lays it on your heart. It's going to get done anyway. So don't miss out on the blessing of participating in it. Maybe some of you, it's time to cross that line and start your own business or company. Because you're way too talented and that's an injustice. Maybe you're being underused at your workplace and you need to go and you need to talk with whoever you report to. Maybe that's an injustice. I don't know what it is for you, but you do. And so it's time to allow God to move in our hearts and lives to get this done. Let me pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've, what you've done in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing through our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to identify these injustices, these burning bush moments, so that we can go out and do something about them. And God, I know that when you call us to do something, and it's just this feeling inside of us, we know that you will be with us, that you will work through us, and that we can have you right by our side as we continue to go after these things that you want us to do. God, we are so in love with who you are. We're in awe at who you are. May you surround us today with your grace, your peace, and your mercy. And God, if we need to step, we pray that you'd help us to step. And we ask this today all in Jesus' name. Amen.